When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just take a quick introduction of you as we do. You know, so I, I wanted to just introduce you today because Chris is the person, really one of the first people that got me into real estate and uh person I've known for long freaking yeah. time. Yeah, 20 years, years coming upon. That's crazy to say, by the way, 20 years. Yeah. 2003 is when I took the landmark format. Yeah, coming up on you know 19 years. That's really great. Wow. And just a great connection with you and Jenny and your family and watching you grow up. And, you know, you were my sponsor into K-Dub and, you know, the person that really I went to and for advice and still do, you know, considered you you to be one of the smartest people I know about real estate and not just, and in a way that's really unique, Chris. I mean, Mm -hmm. really your, I don't want to say it like your messaging is unique because I feel like it puts it in a box, like it's messaging from who you are. But really, you know, who you are is just a yeah. through and through commitment that people Thank excel you. and are true to themselves. And, mm. you know, like we said, we were joking in the beginning, but really, I could not possibly find out that I talked to you too many times. You know, it's just <laughs> always valuable for me. So Thank you. love having you on the, on the podcast. Well, first of all, let's just take a couple of minutes and just share, just give people some background, you know, your history in real estate, your history in coaching. A little bit of background about you. Who you are, what you're doing, what you up yeah. to. Yeah, I got into real estate at the age of 24. Uh, it was 2001. And uh, I didn't know where I fit professionally. Like, I just didn't know. There was no career path called professional friend, which is what I said in college I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be paid to be people's friend because I was good at that. That's what I was good at. I loved asking questions. I loved hearing what you were passionate about. So everything on the table for a career looked like, you know, not that. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and um, it opened my mind to real estate and business and cash flow quad, all this stuff. And um, I thought I should get into real estate and learn how real estate is sold so I can be a better investor. And that's how I got into real estate at the age of 24. And uh, I thought, I mean, I'm a pretty positive, optimistic guy. So I got into real estate and thinking, you know, I'm going to make millions. I'm going to make millions, like short order. And I blew through my savings in the first three months. It took me nine months to close my first deal. And that deal was a total doozy. 
And my wife, I was married at this, I got married in 2000. So I was newly, re- relatively newly married under two years. And my wife was like, what have you gotten us into? Like, what are we doing? And uh, that's how I got started in real estate. You know, I mean, it was crazy. And I don't think that's uncommon for agents getting into real estate. I don't think it's an uncommon experience. One, to not know where you fit. Like real estate's an easy, it's an easy out. Like, I don't know, I'll get, I'll get a real estate license. That'll be, you know, that'll do that. I think a lot of people, a lot of misfits find their way into real estate because there's no career path for what they feel their gifts are uniquely wired for. And uh, it's a low barrier to entry and there's good income potential, lifestyle, all that stuff. But anyway, and I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but that's how I got into real estate. Take us, take us from there to how long did you sell real estate? When did you say no coaching is really my need? You're a team leader. Like, of- yeah, I sold for six and a half years in the Puget Sound in Tacoma, uh, Gig Harbor area. And um, I think my top year, I sold 30 houses. So I wasn't like, I wasn't a top agent doing hundreds of deals, but I was above average and I understood Making the industry really well. What's that? Making a good living. It was a good living. Yeah. And I think it gave me enough of people connection that it was fun, but I, I got to a place six and a half years in where I was ready to either hire an assistant and sort of double down on some marketing, some things to, to grow a team or this opportunity to run a real estate company um, showed up for me. And when I looked at the opportunity, I just, I've always loved leadership. I've always been drawn to leadership that, that idea of leading people versus selling and chasing paper on a transaction. Right. It just was more interesting and more aligned for me to, to go um, in that direction. So I moved my family to Spokane, 300 miles away, within a matter of months, actually, to run a real estate company for five years, had 200 agents in my office. And I wrote it from 2007 is when I started all the way to 2010, 11-ish. So all the way down to the bottom of the recession. And we would average 75, we would gross 75 agents a year in recruiting. So like, you know, in a recession, that was, those were good numbers. Yeah, they are. Um, and, uh, and it was really a turnaround. It was a brand turnaround. Cause I think our brand had maybe not the best reputation in the market. And by the end of those five years, like, you know, people respected who we were and what we were about. And, um, that was KW. It was. Yeah. And you ran that office. Did you run the office when Wendy Joe was there? No, uh, no, she had moved, uh, by the time I got here. Uh, cool. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 I ended up taking a class. Um, Gary Keller wrote a class called, um, quantum leap. Yeah. And Mo Anderson was delivering Quantum Leap in the winter of 2010. And there was this moment in the class where, you know, she was like, you need to work less and you need to work inside your unique abilities. And it was just one of those moments where like everything stopped, like the the whole movie of the room stopped, the clouds parted, the angels sang. And I'm like, what am I doing? I like every day I get to teach or I coach. That's a good day. And management had pulled me into a lot of the other stuff that management does when it's not, it's not a hundred percent leadership and let's take the hill and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of like meetings and managing and just, you know, I'm like, my life is more than my zone of genius. Yeah. My life was from, is made from more than this. Yeah. And I decided I would go start my own coaching company. So I created a transition plan. That was November created. I was, I was out uh, doing my own thing by May of 2011. And, and I've been coaching ever since. So That's far. great. Yeah, that's fine. that's a that's a pretty good nutshell. That's a pretty good that's recap of nutshell. twenty years. Yeah, dude, that's a great breakdown of that over the last twenty years. And you know, Chris, one of the things uh, you know I, I was mentioning, and I think it's worth discussing, is 
way it's really you don't separate the message from the person there is no you know that's really very much my always my big takeaway from working with you is that mm. you know it's up to the individual to find their unique voice and to have that voice be expressed yeah. in the marketplace and and that is your ticket to yeah. mastery that's your ticket to domination whatever you want to say winning really because yeah. It's always your voice. So why, I'd love you just to speak to that a little bit about your philosophy and how that works, because there's team leaders listening to this and they're out to empower their brokers. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. Well, if you look at real estate, I mean, real estate's a unique animal. I would say that's what you said in that you can't separate the person from the message. Like all of that is true. I would say in almost any industry, unless you're selling widgets of some sort. But even then, a lot of selling and sales is about relationship. Like if I could buy a widget from person A who I don't have a relationship with, and I could buy the same widget from person B who I do have a relationship with, a lot of times people will choose person B, especially in this day and age where there's so much distrust and how many times have we been over-promised and under-delivered, you know, that relationship really is key. So I think in real estate, even more so. There's a lot of people who have played with the internet of things in real estate, right? Like they've played with Zestimates and they've played with, you know, Rocket uh, Mortgage. I know that's a favorite of yours, Aaron. Like they've they've played with different the technology of things mm-hmm. and have been burned by it. And, you know, I think what makes you stand out as a human is that you have a POV, you have a conviction, you have a point of view about something that you give a damn about something. And it's not ketchup and mustard at barbecue season. You know, it's not like a nice quaint little pop by item to mm-hmm. add value because I didn't have ketchup already in my in my freaking refrigerator. You know, like what I want to know is what the hell do you stand for? Mm-hmm. Because who I want to be around and who I want to be in business with are people who not just can get the job done. That's that's just the bar to entry. Can you get the job done is just what it takes to play. But who I really want to surround myself with are people who uh, give a damn and have a perspective that leads me somewhere. You know, do you champion my soul? Do you cause me to like get excited about life or are we just getting buried in, you know, addendums? So I think in real estate and, you know, at the time of this recording, there's 2,400 agents in our associate in our MLS. And I think at the bottom of the recession, it was 1,400 <laughs> uh, at, in 2007 when I, when I came to Spokane, which was the peak of the market, we were at 2,200. So there are a lot of agents competing for a finite. Right. Not, this is not the universal law of abundance where there's unlimited transactions in a market. That's not true. There's only right. so many transactions that are going to happen. And who wins that business is the person who champions someone's soul. <laughs> That's so, great to hear. It's, I, I love it because that is, you talk about a unique message, right? A unique way to say that. I don't, no one else is, you know, I get emails every day from coaches and, you know, people that are, you know, sell, add 350 GCI to your bottom line in 12 months. 10 listings, 10 listings. 10 listings. Guaranteed all that nonsense. You can hear the autonomy course, right, Aaron? Like the, uh, the calling that your life is, is why you're working, not because you want to go sling 10 more houses. Right. Yeah. I've already, Talk to Chris about being the autonomy course. Awesome. Love it. Um, no, I'm not pitching the course, although the course is awesome. I'm just saying it is literally what's going to separate the masses because like you're saying, there's 
a bazillion and seven people selling a bazillion and seven things. Right. But what's yes. your, what differentiates you from everybody else? Look, I'm even one of the best at my game, but I still got 20 people with the same pitch, just yep. as good as me. Yep. No matter how high you get, you're going to be pitching the same wares unless you really do find right. something that lights you up. I was just, I really like that because I, <laughs> my newsfeed is full of people who are dying to help me grow my business. And they all seem to have a Russell Brunson two comma club, like, you know, record award behind them in their picture. Like it's strategically placed on their Facebook cover photo or in their profile picture. I'm like, I had this thought today, like, I like what that used to maybe mean something. And it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Like it actually hurts you if you have a two comma club award in your profile picture now, because now I just think you're, you're somebody who, who was good at selling that good funnel and over promising. And right. so you got an award from Russell because that makes Russell look good, right? And it makes you look good. But all it means is that you are good at selling. It doesn't mean right. you could actually deliver. And there's a lot of people in real estate who are trying to puff and make themselves look bigger than they are. And that's now been overdone. So to your point, Christine, like, you know, you can't just come in and be like, I'm a, you know, 350,000 GCI, you know, mega agent, blah, blah, blah. Like- right. Can you connect with me? And delivering is just the, that's just what it takes to play the game. But now I want to know, like, are you going to take care of me? Because I think a lot of teams who do lots of GCI don't take care of the client. The client feels like a number. Mm. And that's not true across the board. I'm just saying like, it's easy for when people have really big eyes and big stomachs to try to conquer everything and not take care of the, the client along the way. Or in our audience, sorry, Heron, but our audience is, you know, who this is for as team leaders and yep. brokers. And it's the same. Like my job is not to outproduce any team. My job is to empower and take care of the players on my team. Yeah. My job is to yeah. make sure they win. Right. And it can't be about, oh my God, who's going to sell the most houses. I mean, right. sometimes it is. That's good. And sometimes it is for fun, you know, but it really is like, do you love your life? I think it's a, more than a, a an agent selling versus manager versus, I think it's a cultural perspective right now of what's happening, where if you go back far enough to people broadcasting a message, what happened was we, as a culture, we tend to put people on pedestals and we, we put people on pedestals because we have an internal dialogue for ourselves as not being enough. I'm not good enough. You seem to have your shit together. So I'm going to put you on a pedestal and wish I were you. And so it's not even about an agent versus manager. There's a cultural problem happening in the world because because we can't find our own divinity. We can't find our own agency, Mm. to use the word, right? Right. And so we abdicate our agency and we put others on pedestals who seem to have more agency. They're like, wow, you really seem to get it. You really carry yourself well. Wow. I wish I was you. And then this is what's sold. Say it again, Aaron. That Gary V comes to mind. I mean, and I love Gary V. I love, I love the message of it. Right. But that's the sort of the prototypical right now, social media, Russell Brunson, Gary V are the people that, you know, look like they have their shit most together. People I should most take advice from, which isn't not inaccurate. And they're both successful Um, for their own message for who they are. It's the appropriate message, you know, right. Right. It's just not, you got to be careful that you're, not there's a lot of um on the topic of agency owning your own agency like as in your power owning your perspectives 
there's a lot of in real estate, you know, I only was ever at Keller Williams. What started to frustrate me at Keller Williams before I left was how much people would just parrot, follow the model, follow the model, follow the model. Like it was a, it was predictable and not that the model was a problem that was helpful to the industry, I think. But the problem was people didn't think for themselves. They just regurgitated what they heard. And this again is a cultural statement. It's not a real estate statement. This is cultural statement. And we just parrot the things we hear and we don't think for ourselves. And so we follow the model, but not really. We say, follow the model, follow the model, follow the model, but we don't really do that. And so um, again, this is just the problem of pedestals in our, in our world, because people want to look like they're successful, but they don't do the work to be successful. They don't, because they haven't owned their perspective to be successful. Mm. Anyway. I think that's just, it's such a great thing to, to begin to deal with both as team leaders, broker owners, and then how do we empower our teams yep. and the agents on our team, new agents, especially, I mean, there's, I don't, I don't know, especially, but there's new agents have one, you know, on one hand, an appropriate, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the wherewithal to suggest that I'm successful. And how do you empower them to emanate, project Mm -hmm. that kind of connection with people when they don't have the, they don't have the experience, but that's why they're on a team, you know, or why they can lean on that, but how do they express themselves that way? And then ourselves as broker owners or team leaders, who do we want our, what do we want our brokerage to be about? What does this team really stand for? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we really building? And I think without without really doing the deep work to answer those questions, you know, the work is yeah. a couple more houses this year than last year. I remember as a, a manager, a team leader, you know, a lot of our agents were new agents. I, I don't know if it was half. I don't really remember the agent mix of what are of those 75 gross agents a year. Like what was the agent mix in that? But there were a lot of new agents. So a lot of it was, I remember asking people, what, what did you do well in your life before you were an agent? Like, where did you have success? Mm. What were the bright spots? Mm. And I was trying to help them remember who they were yeah. and bring that skill set and by proxy, that confidence that attached to that skill set into this new uncertain area. So like if, you know, managers listening to this, team leaders listening to this, like your ability to connect people to their existing confidence and skill set, and bringing that into real estate is important because otherwise what happens is people feel like a fish out of water. They're, uh, I can't remember we talked about certainty and uncertainty, but they're in a new space of uncertainty and they try to do realtor. It's what I call do realtor, right? I'm going to do realtor. And so they, all of a sudden they sound like everybody else and they're missing their genius, you know? A really great question, Christine, to add to the interview, you know, the onboarding is what is it that makes you great? What is it that you do great? What have you done that's been great in your life? You know, what's the source of your previous successes? Yeah. What would you consider your zone of genius, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's that's one of the reasons though with new agents, they're like, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try this. I'll try. Mm -hmm. We're like, own it in sister. Right. right? Cause they're going to try all the things yeah. I'm going to yeah. do first time home buyers. I'm going to do senior living. I'm going to do FISBOs versus <laughs> what do you love? What makes your heart sing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That from everything from what tasks do you enjoy to what kind of people do you enjoy? And both of those can ha- start to constrain the mm-hmm. amount of space you have to cover as you're learning something new. You know, if I can tighten who it is, 
that I want to work with and what skills I'm going to use to do it. Now I have some bumpers on my experience that caused me to not go so far out of the lane. Yeah, it's really great. It's great. Well, we had, you know, I was telling Christine that you were cooking up some new stuff and this is, you know, the conversation that we, so Christine, you don't know this, but I was reading um, a book called Million Dollar, Hundred Million Dollar Offers. Yeah, Hundred Million Dollar Offers. Yeah. Hundred Million Dollar Offers, which is just a great, it's sort of down the road of Russell Brunson and funnels and whatever, but not, not so much. It was just really like how do you basically, thing I was interested in is how do you make your offer so compelling that people feel stupid by saying no, which is, you know, a great question to ask if you're on listing presentation or wherever you are. Like, how do I, that just that question. Anyway, I was reading it and I know Chris is a like thinker and I texted him, have you read hundred million dollar offers? And Chris said, I'm, just, I'm in the middle of it now. Right. Um, I'm rereading it now. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is perfect because we've got, you know, our level up training program. We just started again, just rolled out our second iteration. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple of webinars uh, that I'm interested in promoting and coaching and like, how do I, you know, really empower agents and this whole podcast is a expression of empowering mm. brokers. And I just thought you were, and then Chris was like, well, we're, I'm building this platform and this recurring platform for coaches to be able to, you know, bring their communities. And we barely started brainstorming about it on text. And then I haven't spoken to Chris really about it since, but talk to me about what you're building there, what that looks like, that platform for coaches. And if it's either for people that have something to contribute, a place for them to live and people that are real estate agents and where broker owners can send their people. It's all stuff I imagine it was. Talk to me about what it is you're building there. What's that platform? What I realized is that for it's for coaches. Um, I would specifically say life coaches. I, I feel like my groundswell in the world has to deal with creating change in the world. And I think life coaches are in the front lines of those conversations with clients, like helping transformation come about in people's lives. So you're breaking generational patterns. You're setting people free from addictions. You're, you're leveling up their self-talk, like all the things that happen in the front lines of transformation. I think that's what life coaches are doing. That's awesome. I I thought you only coached real estate. I didn't realize it was outside of that realm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, um, a lot of my message, I don't work with a lot of real estate agents anymore because so much of what agents wanted to know from me was, well, do I get a lead? But do I get a lead, Chris? But do I get a lead? (laughs) Will I sell another house this week? All right. And I'm like, but, but Chris, should I do an open house? And I just got, I got tired of the mechanics of real estate because my life and my heart is for transformation for the world. And if you yeah. as an agent can't realize and can't connect the dots from how leading a conversation for transformation would actually spill into your business, then I can't be in this conversation with you because you always just want to come back to, does it give you a lead? Uh-huh. But when I started to share this with life coaches, they're like, oh God, this is what I've been looking for. Because they were tired of the Russell, Bun- Russell Brunson marketing speak that feels like they're selling out on their soul. And I was trying to, and what I had been sharing with agents, I just copy and pasted to life coaches and they're like, oh my God, I get this. So, so a lot of the work I've been doing for the last three years has been for life coaches. And this new project is about helping them create uh, recurring revenue as a life coach, which is really important. Wow. In as little as four hours a week through building their own community, like a paid membership community, right? Um, it's called the Life Coach Membership Model. And uh, it's just help. It's a, I have a 30-day challenge that actually helps them launch it within those 30 days. And 
I think that's vital to them having not only sustainable income, but that's how you grow a groundswell in the world. You know, you can't just have, oh, I'm going to pay for six sessions with you and then I'm done. Like transformation doesn't happen in a moment. It happens over time and it happens faster, better when it's in a growing community. So if you don't have a community to, to hold the conversation, if we bring in what I loved about Landmark so much was like when the conversation dies, the possibility dies. So your community is this steward of the conversation you're here to lead in the world. And I just think life coaches are too focused on selling sessions and doing it with individual clients and not building a conversation for a group of people to participate in. That's awesome. Right. And so the, the challenges, and I mean, it's, it's life coaches, but it, I heard like, all right, well, if I was going to take it on, I mean, my groundswell, as you put it, would be, you know, to empower real estate agents, the ones that can hear yeah. the overlap. Right. Well, and, my vision, so my vision would be then to have a million members of these commu- these transformative right. communities. How do I get to a million? If I have a thousand people, a thousand coaches, right? who right. are leading their conversations to grow their communities. And each of those communities has a thousand members at the thousand communities times a thousand members in each is a million people. So if Aaron and Christine are starting a conversation in a community around agency and that community grows to a thousand people. And, and my participation in that is partnering with the thought and strategy of how does the, the community of agency grow? Mm-hmm. I'm not involved in the agent conversation, right. but I'm involved in the supporting and nurturing of the community. It's totally your expression. I love it. Yeah. That's how I can now start to find different verticals to play in. So I could, right now I'm playing in the life coach vertical and I'm creating my own community of a thousand life coaches. Right. That's just my own bubble. Yeah. But outside of that, I can find the real estate vertical. I could go to the mortgage vertical. I could go to any vertical, the legal vertical, the, 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 the healthcare vertical, any vertical where there's a person who wants to lead a transformative conversation in the industry for the industry, not a transactional conversation. And now I can help. That's how the groundswell grows. Awesome. That's yeah. great. And I love that the distinction between transformational and transactional. Yeah. Because that transactional, Christine, was the word that we've been missing, you know, in terms of, uh, speaking about the coaching, the the level up, level up challenge yeah. that we do, it's not transactional. I mean, will you do more transactions? Of course you will. Yes. I mean, without a doubt, but only yeah. because who you are transforms, and you're a different, you're a different person. You've got different capacities than you had when you started it, and that's the important part. To us is that you have different capacities. Otherwise, just double your lead spend and you'll get more transactions. Right. We're, get on the phones four more hours. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Right? All you want is more transactions. By the way, side note, like, and I don't know if it's still this way or not. I can only imagine that it is. But I, you know, when I was watching teams, whether it was by going to masterminds or having the, the teams in my own office, whatever, you could see there was a revolving door in teams because of call nights. And the, the task as a team leader, ask not me team leader, but the, the owner of a team, team. the task yeah. of, own of telling your agents and inside salespeople to make calls because that's how you get appointments was the thing that created a revolving door because that's such hard work. It's an emotion. It burns you emotionally over time. So you actually reduce and limit your, your recruiting pool for who's a good fit for that job, that task. And most team owners weren't great at realizing that. So they would just put agents who are people oriented in a, in a call center environment, and then have a revolving door for 
that position. And I think if you are a manager or team leader of some sort, your ability to connect people to something that matters to them, a vision for their life. There's no vision for life in a call center. Right. When I can connect, when I can hear what you're really after, and my vision is big enough to let your, your vision fits inside my vision. If my vision for transformation in the world is big enough that you could see yourself getting to your vision on the coattails of my vision, drafting on my efforts so you don't have to work as hard, then that's a retention tool. And I think there's not enough conversations in teams and, and brokerages about retention. I think there's so much emphasis on recruiting and not enough on retention, you know? Mm, it's really good. Yeah. That's really but the good. only way to get retention is it's, I mean, part of retention is just a good product. Like we have a good team, we have good communication like that, but good culture of vision is the thing that like, is ex- that's the exciting part. Everything else is just workability. Oh, we, I love that we communicate so well. But at some point, the, the communicating well isn't the thing that like gets me excited. It's the future we're living into that gets me excited. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, and are you able to create that future and sustain the conversation for that future as you're fulfilling it and keep growing the future out in front of as you're taking ground and fulfilling that future? And that's um, why I love what you're doing with agency of agency, or, or however you're, you know, whatever the language is you're using around it. Yeah. I it's, love yeah, it's elevated. It it's taking a higher perspective on agency yeah. and bringing it to a space that challenges the status quo. It challenges the, the status quo of the industry, but it also challenges the status quo of our own limiting beliefs and kind of what we think this this job or career is. Like, let's think bigger about what this. You think you're just helping people buy and sell? And that's noble. That's great. You know, good old NAR. Like underneath it all is the land. Like we have these very like. You know, these sayings that are supposed to instill like confidence and inspiration, but under all is the land is just doesn't do it for me. I'm like, oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe in the 1800s, I thought that was cool. But like, you know, in this day and age, I want to believe in something. Yeah. And I think what you're doing with this conversation is inviting people to look at what they believe in so that they can find that agency. Yeah. It's awesome. Great. Fabulous, Chris. Well, we really just just adore you. What, what are you reading? Give us, that's our always final question. Final question. Oh, uh, it's been really hard for me to finish books lately, but I, or even like get a page into them without being super like mentally distracted. (laughs) But I picked one up that I'm liking. I'm slowly moving through. It's called the happiness advantage. Mm. You heard of this? Nope. The guy did some studies. He he was in uh, at Harvard for 12 years and um, there's like seven principles for happiness and I think he was connected to the whole happiness course that they did at Harvard. And it had like 1200 students in a year that came through it. Oh, wow. It's really fascinating. I just had found myself in a, since I got into real estate, thank you very much. Being in a pattern of just always anxious, frustrated, angry. I used the energy of anger for 20 years to make me show up to work before real estate in college when I had no responsibilities. I mean, I was just happy go lucky. Like, you know, I just was happy guy. Um, I got what into business. Happiness, and I, what factor? Happiness advantage, advantage. Advantage. I'm writing it down. It's awesome. Yeah. And I just realized like, if I'm really going to lead some change in the world, as much as anger served me to, to cause me to show up, which without it, I don't know if I would have, I probably would have bounced from one idea to another. Like anger said, sit your ass down and go to work. And that was what chirped in my ear for 20 years. But I realized that was going to become a lid on what I could actually do. Like I couldn't grow a groundswell in the world with the energy of anger. And, um, and that was a realization two years ago. And I just had to wow. 
So I've just been looking at like, let me go look at happiness because I need to revisit what that feels like, you know? It's awesome. not like a curmudgeon. I'm not like over here just always pissing, you know, pissing, pissed off about I'm everything. A curmudgeon. Curmudgeon, I, yeah, I, you're not Aaron Hendon. <laughs> <laughs> I have the curmudgeon gene. So, uh, all right, good. Yeah. All right, my friend. All right, well, it is a delight again to see you and speak with you. And uh, I love yes. what you're creating. And I really do need to explore that with you as an opportunity of, you know, getting inside the real estate vertical for people that are really looking mm-hmm. to take that on. And uh, I love you, man. Thank you. Awesome being with you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.